Hello and welcome to the Aquarius Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Reed. This episode of the Aquarius Podcast is sponsored by Aquarium Co-op. And in studio, we have none other than today's guest to talk about her favorite products at Aquarium Co-op. So Miss Lizzie Block, would you please let the audience know what are your favorite products from Aquarium Co-op and why? Thanks, Randy. And thanks for having me, by the way. Absolutely. I do appreciate it. Absolutely. No problem. Okay. My you were in the neighborhood, so. I guess that is true. Yeah. Fair point. I was in the neighborhood. You were, fi- <laughs> you were finally in the neighborhood, actually, I should say. Well, I was here last week, but you were not here, so <sighs> that was bad timing. I was here. I was just hiding in the pallet racking. Oh, okay. Yeah. I should have looked there. It's like that, uh, what's that movie where, where the dude, it's like Dane Cook's uh, Costco movie where oh, gosh. they have the whole like pallet section and pallet racking land where they sleep there. And they live there. It's like a whole little house or something, a <laughs> little like apartment room. That's hilarious. Oh, we've already digressed so hard, okay. and we're just in the sponsored por- yes. part of the, uh, the episode. <laughs> we so haven't go- gotten very far. Go for it. Okay, my you said top three aquarium co-op products. Or two. Top two? Or one. I can't even narrow it down to three. No, just kidding. <laughs> okay. So, okay, my top number one product would be Easy Green, of course, because I'm a plant person. I'm an aquascaper, so I want the easiest possible way to feed my plants, and I don't want to have to go searching for all different kinds of macros and micro fertilizers. So I just use Easy Green because it's already got everything all in one. Very nice. So yeah. the Easy Green, the all-in-one liquid fertilizer. Um, and there's actually a, a very, very exciting change that's going to happen in the next couple months, not from a um, composition standpoint, but there's some exciting stuff that we've got coming for uh, for Easy Green. So yeah, that's a, that's a little teaser. And I'm very secretive about product stuff, so I shall say no more. I really don't spill the beans. No, oh, I know. <laughs> Do you know what it is? What about Easy Green? Yeah, don't say it out loud, but like, do you... Like something is happening with Easy Green. You know this? Not the formula, but yeah, I know. Okay. Okay, maybe I know. I think I think maybe you know I know one. something. Okay, so there's two. There, technically, I guess there's two changes. You don't know what? that. Yeah. Well, not I yeah, know. not not composition changes, folks. Right. I'm just painting myself into a corner here. Let's move on to the next. No, I don't even know. <laughs> What's your next favorite product? So secretive. My next favorite product. Now, this is a product that we carry. We don't make it ourselves. Is no. that okay to talk about? That that we carry for sure. Yeah, oh no, yeah, no, yeah. For we sure. sell it, oh, but, God, but yeah, it's like, not an aquarium co-op. It's like product. most of our product offering oh, okay, isn't okay. necessarily ours, of course. Just checking. My favorite. It's actually <laughs> we sell it, but don't talk about it. No, <laughs> no, no. I didn't know if it had to be like aquarium co-op brand. Anyway, <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be our own label. <laughs> Go for it. Okay, my favorite. So this is actually a light because I love talking about this light. My favorite light is the Fluval Nano Ooh. 2.0, and I love that light for a lot of reasons. I mean, I love the Fluval series anyway but it's just a really compact light it performs extremely well grows plants really well i can get really nice reds out of things and stuff like that and it's pretty affordable as far as a nano light goes and the fact that it's programmable on your phone is just like duh yeah why the, wouldn't you want that the the nano the uh, fluval 3.0 nano is a is a very solid light um i actually have two that i run at home yeah but not on aquariums Oh, so, well, okay, there's another use for uh, them, yeah. I, I run them on terrariums, so exactly. I run them on a, uh, one is on a smaller Zoomed, um, like a little 10-gallon cube, it's like a 10 by 10, and that's mm-hmm. for Martin, the Pac-Man frog. Oh my god! So his enclosure is on a, a 3.0 Nano, and that thing grows the, um, what did I put in there? I put in pothos. I put oh, in two yeah. different types of pothos, mm-hmm. and that's actually, I need to rethink that decision because <laughs> the pothos, I'm trimming that pothos back. Probably once every two weeks. Yeah. Like, it is just insane yeah. how fast it grows. And actually, mm-hmm. I should almost do, like, a time lapse, like a you real should. long time lapse and just watch that pothos grow. Because if, if I hadn't trimmed it, it probably would have exploded that right. terrarium by now, just busted through the top. But, um, yeah, so I run a nano on that one. Mm-hmm. And then I run a nano on a much, much, much larger terrarium for my gargoyle gecko named oh. Gordy. 
Gordy the gargoyle. Gordy's legit, like the laziest, most boring type of reptile that you could possibly get. Although Martin's kind of boring, but uh, at least you get to actively like engage and feed him. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's going through his little winter siesta right now, so he's actually kind of uh, quasi hibernating. Or um, what's that term? I googled it before, but yeah, Pac-Man frogs or amphibians will go through kind of like a winter hibernation. Mm. Although somebody's out there out there is probably screaming like, you're doing it wrong! Yeah. <laughs> if, you were, if you were a real Pac-Man keeper, you would know what to do. Yeah, I don't know uh, anything about amphibians, so... I just know that my, <laughs> my two boys love them, so that's, uh, that's, that's all that awesome. matters. And they're healthy. They're still alive. So uh, Gordy's is a, a much larger exoterra terrarium. Um, I think it's like mm-hmm. a 24... Like, it's like 24 inches tall. It's like 24 by 24 by, oh, wow. I don't know, something something crazy. So it's a very, very large terrarium for a gargoyle gecko. Hmm. Um, but that thing, I've got numerous plants in there, um, Pothos being one of them. And that and that 3.0 light just does wonders for it. And it's so oh, yeah. nice, again, being able to program, have that real nice gradual increase in mm-hmm. the morning, and mm-hmm. then have it turn off at a certain point. Um, with those two terrariums, I don't have to worry about like a siesta mode for when I go to work. You can just let them run um, all the time because you're not really worried about algae. Oh, that's so, true. So yeah, do you, do you have a third one, or are we good with those two, Lizzie? Well, He's, I would. I mean, we could go with those two, but I could just talk quickly about my third favorite is just the sponge filter because, for my betta fish, you know, can't have high flow, can't have some crazy currents messing with his fins and stuff. So I just like to use the sponge filter. It's really gentle for him. There you go. There you, you know, go. I'm a betta keeper. So. <laughs> <laughs> what about the easy planter? Are you a fan? <sighs> Yeah, I have mixed feelings on the Easy Planter. It's great. I might have to edit this out. Yeah, <laughs> edit this out. Go? No, I think it's great for people who don't want to spend a lot of time aquascaping, but I enjoy the process. So for me, Comple- yeah, yeah, completely <laughs> understood. How is, is does Jimmy still have the tank set up where he put like yeah. seventeen Easy Planters <laughs> in a two gallon tank? Yeah, it was like a three gallon bookshelf, and he put like five Easy Planters in it. it took when, up like the whole thing. When he sent that picture of with without it being actually filled with water and plants, just with the Easy Planters, I'm like. Yeah, that looks terrible. It was like, a, it what was are you doing? Are you just are you just like holding them there? Is that just a place for <laughs> random easy planters? And and now though, it actually looks kind of cool. So I, I see where uh, yeah, it where does. He went with it. it needs a rescape. He just said yesterday he was going to rescape it, but yeah. maybe he'll still use five easy planters. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, good times. Yeah. So yeah, the the easy planter is super super cool. Uh, cool true. product. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's helping me to actually get plants in bare bottom uh, exactly. tanks in my in my fish room. So which is the point. So yeah. yep. So Lizzie Block. Let's kick this off. Today's okay. date is February 3rd, 2021. Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021. My guest today is Lizzie Block, program manager extraordinaire for the Aquarium Co-op at AquariumCoop.com. Although those are two kind of the same entities, <laughs> I guess. The same thing. Uh, Lizzie is a passionate aquascaper. She has um, been given ribbons of acknowledgement for performance in aquascaping sure yeah sixth place you know as ricky bobby would say that'd be the fifth loser (laughs) i guess but no nonetheless like well done uh they would probably actually if i was in an aquascaping competition they would probably just tear my tank down oh gosh or they would do the thing like when you go into a fish store and the fish are in quarantine and they like turn the lights off or they cover it somehow we'll just cover this one that's what they would do to my tank they'd be like oh that's just an empty tank you don't yeah we just block it so no way so so lizzie lizzie welcome to the uh to the podcast thank you yeah 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 this article well i guess you know oh, we're just jumping oh we're, we're just jumping, jumping straight right into, into it. it we're just going right into it um okay. yeah so what uh, lizzie's talking about we we are socially distanced here in my office even though with these wonderful sure microphones it sounds like quality uh audio quality we're just sitting right <laughs> next to each other but uh yeah so we're looking at uh projected up onto a screen in my office lizzie was featured in an article mm-hmm. um in aquarium hobbyist magazine a quarterly publication for the 
freshwater. I don't think they do any saltwater stuff for the freshwater uh, aquarium enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. And Lizzie Block was uh, Scaper Spotlight. You had a, a yes. like three-page article with oh color pictures, all sorts of good stuff. So well, you talked about the ribbon, so I thought, <laughs> yeah, this is this is the reason for the article. So the ribbon <laughs> that you're referring to uh, is I was part of an aquascaping, a nano aquascaping competition uh, at Aquatic Experience in New Jersey in 2019. Right, because it was canceled for 2020. Was it 2019? Uh, when did yeah. I go? Was it? Was this the one? <laughs> so that long ago. Was I at this one? Was this? No, you weren't at this one. I mean, Corey and Jimmy were here. Did I go to 2018? You probably went to 2018. I was at 2018 too, but I wasn't doing anything. Is that the one where you met Jimmy? 2018. Yes. Okay. That's where okay. I met Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. <laughs> yeah. If anyone doesn't know that story, me and Jimmy met at Aquatic Experience, so we're the ultimate <laughs> fish nerd love story. <laughs> but yes, that's what you're referring to here with the ribbon. That's uh, the article was written about the aquascaping competition because I had placed sixth, which. You know, could be better, mm-hmm. <laughs> could be worse. How many, uh, at, at this point, as you were in this competition mm-hmm. in 2019, how many aquascaping competitions had you been involved in? This is the only one I've ever Ooh. done. This is the first one I've ever done and the last one. Because okay. I had every intention of coming back uh, this year, or I guess last year in 2020, and improving on my place because I wanted to rank better than sixth. Um, but that did not happen, so it's still in the works. Um, and I had... Talked about competing in IIPLC, but then we moved out here, and it was mm-hmm. just so crazy. So and they they feel, there's at least like what twenty entrants into into these competitions. Like it's not. Yeah, I think it might even be more than that for the okay. aquatic experience one. The nano competition really blew up because yeah, yeah it was it started getting really popular. Um, so they had, they had let I think it was around forty. I could be wrong. Oh wow! So don't, it, don't at least, quote me. At least 2018. Like I remember the full lineup. Yeah. And it, yeah. it had to have at least been 20 aquariums. I think it was even more the, the last time that they had done it. That's impressive. Um, yeah. So, so <laughs> I guess, what was your decision to enter this competition? Like, at what point before this competition kicked off, did mm-hmm. Lizzie say, I need to get myself, I like, I need to get in there with some fisticuffs and just mm-hmm. scrap it out <laughs> with some scapers? Fisticuffs. Uh, basically, you know, I went the previous year and I didn't really know that much about aquascaping because I've only been an aquascaper for a couple of years, you know, I haven't been doing this for decades like some people, but, but genetically you're predis you're predisposed to, yeah, a, I to think plants, aquatic <laughs> plants in particular, which yeah. we'll talk about that later. <laughs> With my background and being artistic and design, you know, oriented. So yeah, aquascaping kind of just seemed like something that happened naturally in my life and um when I went the previous year and saw all the tanks and the contest was going on I was like wow I, I really need to do that and so I spent a year learning about stuff and learning my plants and growing uh, as many plants as I possibly could in a tank a similar size to the one that they had used during the competition so I thought I've already built this scape and grown all these plants out and it's pretty much the same size as my competition tank and I really like this tank, so I literally picked up the scape and put it into a new tank, and that was my competition scape. <laughs> nice, nice. And, and those so. are what are the rules around that? Like that is, that obviously is a totally legal yeah. thing to do, oh, like yeah. pre-grow your plants, pre mm-hmm. pre-do all your aquascaping, but you have to then set it up in whatever tank that they supply you exactly um, within a certain time frame. Yep. Okay. So it was all sponsored by Fluval. So Fluval provided the Fluval Flora 15 gallon cube, I think it was, and so we had like a full day and then like part of the next day to scape our tanks, like within the hours that Aquasca- mm-hmm. or that Aquatic Experience was running. Um, so I spent the entire day on Friday scaping along with everybody else, which was totally crazy because they're passing around giant trash cans of wastewater and mm-hmm. everybody's running around looking for hardscape or looking for this plant or 
this or that and the other thing and crimping your aquascape so yeah it was just like a really fun process mm -hmm. like just all the energy in there and everybody was all hyped about the competition it was just awesome and, and you were at least able to at the time you're living in pennsylvania so it's mm -hmm. maybe a couple hour drive to get to yeah not even i was living just outside of philly at the time so driving over to secaucus new jersey was just yeah like that, an hour and a half yeah yeah because when i when i would do my travels to those warehouses when i was working for amazon i'd mm -hmm. fly into newark and then it would be just a quick um like a relatively quick drive yeah. down that turnpike right to, mm -hmm. to like new florence jersey new jersey or, or whatnot um and then sometimes i would even fly into philadelphia yep um yeah very cool yeah so you didn't yeah. have to like worry about the anxieties of exactly and i was able to bring like anything i wanted to bring too because we just drove so i brought buckets full of plants and hardscape and substrate and everything but it was nice because they do provide you with all the necessary equipment they give you the filter the light the tank they give you substrate like fluval stratum um Ooh, so let's let's talk about this tank and i'm <laughs> going to zoom in and this is what makes for wonderful audio podcast yes. is when we reference <laughs> pictures that <laughs> nobody else but us can see right so aquascaping live contest lizzie block yes let's check this tank out so it's running a so it's that flora 15 you said i think i i believe it was 15 something like that so this is a rimless cube tank mm -hmm. um all right so what do i see i see like <laughs> you got like the sideshow bob in the top back and i and i say that like in a good way like what um so what is what was your motivation for this tank? Like, what, what's what's going on here in your head? As I you think the, the plants were the biggest motivation. And I, I felt like, <laughs> by looking at other people's uh, aquascapes, uh, most people were pretty hardscape heavy. And I feel like I, I had, like, the most amount of plants mm -hmm. shoved in that tank out of anybody. <laughs> a, little, a little Dutch action, right? So, yeah, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> um, so I think that's, that's mostly what made my tank stand out, was mm -hmm. just the sheer volume of plants. And I had a lot of uh, reds up at the top. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, I think my motivation behind it was really just featuring the plants in the best way I could and just making them look as beautiful as possible. All right, so let's try and test Randy's plant knowledge here. So we've got okay. some Anubius yep. Nana? Yeah, yeah, Anubius okay. Nana. So yep. we've got mm -hmm. some Anubius Nana here mm -hmm. in the kind of mid-ground mid front. Yep. Um, I'm guessing some Nana Petite right here kind mm -hmm. of uh, pushed into the into the rock hardscape. Yep. Um, again, kind of in the mid-ground. Mm -hmm. um, is this Pogostemon Helferi? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Look at that. Really Randy actually yeah. kind of, like, these look like little, uh, little like, baby octopuses yes. turned upside down that mm -hmm. you're eventually going to deep fry. Um, <laughs> so Randy's kind of hungry right now. <laughs> All right, what else we got? We got... Is that like a Ludwig Ludwigia? I, I think that's actually the Altaranthera, so like a Scarlet oh, okay, Temple. Okay, yeah, Scarlet Temple. There mm -hmm. we go. Um, and then what is this big, like, <laughs> beautiful pinkish-reddish monstrosity in the in the mid-ground kind of back? It totally is a monstrosity. Esther Mouse actually compared this to a bouquet of flowers. So nice. That was like the biggest compliment ever. Yeah, yeah. Esther from... Uh, from She's a aquaflora. Aquaflora. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and you know, I look up to her a lot. So that was really uh, nice to. Yeah, receive. she's like European plant aquascaping yeah. royalty. She's amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's Hygrophila pinnatifida up uh, there. Okay. So yes. Very cool. And then one of my favorites. What what, what else do we got working in the back? Maybe some like narrow leaf java fern. Yeah, way some in the narrow back? leaf java fern. Yeah, I got some moss on the wood up there, and then the back is just like stem plants. Okay. I think I have some mm, rotala and some Ludwigia back there. I feel so validated right now that I was actually able <laughs> yeah. to name these plants. I really didn't think you were going to know that one in the front. <laughs> Come on. I'm impressed. That was Come great. On. Uh, good times. And then there's yeah. your there's your green. Yes, my ribbon. Participation slash sixth place. But okay. So I know, here, it might as well have been win, No, no, no. People are like, Randy, you're, you're being, no. I, I, have a, I, I would like to think Lizzie and I have a fantastic relationship, working and friendship relationship. <laughs> we so banter. I, yes, it's just pure banter, pure <laughs> joking. Um, 
at what point did they cut off give, giving ribbons, though? Sixth place. Oh, yeah, see? I know. <laughs> see? Seventh place didn't get a ribbon. You got That's nothing. That's true. It's true. You so got technically, I down. got the first ribbon. <laughs> so yeah, they called my name first because, yeah, sixth place was the first place that you could win. Nice. But. Okay, so going into this, what were your expectations as far as placing? Oh, gosh. What, I didn't you... expect anything. Okay, so, really so you're, not not like, you're not like looking at yourself in the mirror every day like, Lizzie Block, you are going <laughs> to win this thing. You were going to crush the competition. I mean, obviously, everybody hopes to win mm-hmm. something, but... I didn't know what the competition would look like because the the year prior I had gone and, and people like John Peeney and like other really, really, really talented Friend of the podcast. Ah. Aquascapers Collective. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a great guy. He's a friend of everybody pretty much. Um, but now you make me feel less special. Thank you. <laughs> Wonderful, Lizzie. Keep it up. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, seeing all of those tanks and, and those guys, it was pretty intimidating. Like I really did not expect to do well, but he didn't compete the year that I competed, but a lot of other really amazing aquascapers did too. So, Mm. you know, I had high hopes, but then I started seeing everybody put their tanks together and I was like, Ooh, wow. Like I really like this one or I really like that one. You know, I don't think that mine quite stands up to those, but yeah, I mean, so what I would say, my observation would be your tank that you did Mm -hmm. is very impressive. And I'll put a link to the, uh, I'll put a link to this article in the show notes. So like when I, when I hit you up in a week, like, Hey Lizzie, what did I say? I was going to link in the video. Please remind (laughs) Remind me, (laughs) please remind me that it was this, but this tank looks completely in line with, um, what I would expect to see at an aquascaping competition with like legit professionals. I don't think that this is like, Oh, this is, yeah, they let like little third grader Johnny come in and aquascape a tank, <laughs> or they let Randy from the Aquarius podcast come in and escape <laughs> oh, a tank. Like, this, this thing looks amazing. Thank you. This is an awesome tank. And I, really I appreciate that. You should be super proud of how awesome this tank looks and the fact that it was set up, it was torn down, it mm-hmm. was re put back together. Like, all that work went into it, and yeah. it just looks, it looks awesome. Thank you. Yeah, and if anybody poo poos <laughs> it, you know, poo poo on them. Because, I, I mean, know, this, right? this tank looks fantastic. Uh, and then from there, like, you know, the, the judges, like, the mm-hmm. the burden that the judges have oh, yeah. to take and mm-hmm. apply, like, this subjective, you know, uh, view on 20 plus, 30 plus, 40 plus tanks and try to pick out, like, you know, what's the best one or, or, yeah. or however they're going to score these things. Like, right. that is just that is just insane. And that was just the nano competition. Those judges were judging, like, there were larger tanks there. Mm-hmm. There was a, a children's aquascaping contest, too, yeah, I believe, yeah, which yeah. is really cute. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, aquatic experience, lots of aquascaping contests. Yeah, I really like the aquascaping vibe. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was great to participate. And, you know, I'm very, very thankful to have won sixth place. And I thank the judges and, you know, everybody who helped me. Jimmy, of course, helped a ton carrying all my stuff around <laughs> <laughs> for me all day nice. <laughs> but yeah it was just an overall fantastic experience then i got to hang out with the co-op crew when i wasn't aquascaping oh, so I'm it was sorry. really just <laughs> i'm sorry oh <laughs> i was painting that as a positive but okay <laughs> you're just jealous because you weren't there. i i was i yes mildly i had to hold down the fort yeah so. somebody had to hold down the fort but Wait, yeah. was I? Yeah, I was. I was working for the cop at the time. Yep. Yes. Yeah, you were. Uh, yeah, with our uh, yeah. our fun banner that we rushed to get made. Actually, no, we, we oh, rushed right. to get that made for um, the Seattle Reforks event. Oh where Fritz wow. wanted us to be there, so we had that uh, that that pretty cool banner made. And we haven't mm-hmm. busted that thing out in a while. We That's because there's been yeah, no shows. <laughs> been no shows. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I know. I miss that banner. I miss shows. I miss traveling. Like yeah. the vibe at the shows is just indescribable. It's just. Uh, everybody is so connected and yeah. all talking about the same thing and just really just sharing a huge passion for the yeah. hobby. And it's just I, I, I love the public being able to get exposed oh, yeah. to the hobby and as well. Too. And, and getting then, to meet people. Yeah. Yeah. And like the different facets of it too. Like mm-hmm. it's one thing, like I'm always a sucker for 
um, vendor booths and whatnot to see like what the new products are oh, or yeah. what, like what they're promoting in their lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, but then for for somebody from the public to see, you know, my, my favorite term, the, the term, the multifaceted nature of this hobby that, it's oh, it's just not about keeping that Oscar in the 55 gallon, yeah. right? Like there's so much more exactly. to this. Like, hey, if that's your thing, if the Oscar in the 55 is your thing, <laughs> which is, is cool because I've done it before, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> But, you know, there's so many other things that you can do in this hobby, whether mm-hmm. it's bettas, whether it's terrarium or um, paludarium That's or true. just straight up aquascaping. I mean, it's Planted tanks, it, it's, anything. I, I would challenge people out there that, you know, of the hobbies and interests that you can get into, like the multifaceted nature, like I think the tropical fish aquarium hobby um, might might have the most options and flavors. I think so. I mean, you can you can aqua wabi kusi scape <laughs> a freaking mud ball yeah you can do <laughs> anything like you can literally do anything there's a niche for everybody in here yeah i want to see somebody do high-end aquascapes with cichlids and just like watch it get torn up or who can mm. aquascape a tank and then have it not get torn up by a cichlid <laughs> or you know that would be tough yeah do or like, a turtle do a carpeted tank with geophagus <laughs> Oh, pull that great. Off. Pull that off. See how that would work. Yeah. Not, wouldn't, wouldn't even carpet. Not not very well. But oh, on the note of geophagus, and probably why it came to mind is uh, oh. recently I've had some success after two and a half years. What? My geophagus Pellegrini. Let me pull these guys up for you. Yeah, because I'm Geo, a plant person, P-H-A-G-U-S. not a fish person. Do you know what uh, geophagus stands for? Or what uh, the etymology of that? Uh, geophagus. Something with geology. So geo earth, phagus yeah. eater. Oh, so Vegas is e- yep. oh, oh I, wow, literally. I absolutely love, like, one of the things I love so much about this hobby, mm. and, and this extends, like, through everything, but uh, in the animal kingdom, the, mm-hmm. the Latin and Greek naming, and when it's actually, when it's a Greek or a Latin name that mm-hmm. has meaning relative to the actual animal, right? Like, Pellegrini, that that, that's going to be named after somebody, um, but mo- a lot of the times, you'll get a... Um, Let's see. Here. Oh wow! Bah, bah, bah. That, well, those are the little guys. Now we want to see the adults. Let's go to um, their their genus name or even their species mm-hmm. name will be something indicative of their physical appearance or That's of true. their behavior. And so there is a uh, what is the. Dang it! But there's there's another fagus um, fish out there that's actually uh, like a, a a baby eater. A baby yeah, eater. Yeah, baby eater. And I can't remember like what the actual oh Latin name gosh. is for that particular fish. But this is a Geophagus Pellegrini right here. You and you have bred these. I have bred these. I mean Holy it, moly. These guys bred themselves. Like, don't get me wrong. This is just a matter <laughs> of me not, not killing them for an extended period of time and just feeding <laughs> them well and giving them clean water. But yeah, the Geophagus wow. Pellegrini, they um, they finally gave me some babies after two and a half years. That's great. Um, yeah, and so I'm very, very shocked. And actually, my wife was the first one to discover them. <laughs> oh. We had a we had a, a family trip to the fish room for me to do my my evening feeding. And my wife looked over at uh, the 30 breeder that they're in, and she's like, are there babies in that tank? I'm like, oh, no, that's probably just like the uh, pencil fish that I put in there that maybe oh, she yeah. sees because she knows that there's big cichlids in there. Mm-hmm. So maybe she just saw those. And she's like, no, I think there's actually babies in there. I'm like, what? And so I look, and sure enough, there's just this cloud oh, of geophagus babies. And then as they get startled, here comes uh, here comes mom opening her mouth. And they're, so they're mouth brooders, mm-hmm. and just all the fry go to her mouth. And it was like what? 50 of them just go into her mouth. It was nuts. And that so is crazy. I've never seen that in person. I've, 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 never, I've kept, never seen that. Yeah, I've never kept like mouth brooding fish. And so this is the first time that I've actually had sick. Well, aside from these guys, but this is the first time I've actually had them spawn. And then seeing that, um, I have had these guys spawn before. But when I was doing some tank maintenance maybe six months ago, mm-hmm. I disturbed it, and then they spit the, the super tiny fry oh, out. No. And so, I, yeah, that, that didn't do so well for those fish. Um, and wow. then I, you know, I, 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 
I had no need for that particular tank, and so I'm like, all right, I'm just going to let these guys do their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, sure enough, uh, just kind of keeping with leaving them alone for the most part, feeding right. them, doing, you know, making sure their water's clean through the, the auto water changes and that it's keeping up with the bio load and all that fun stuff. Hmm. Um, yeah, so that was super, super awesome. And then I was really hesitant to – I haven't posted it on our forum yet or anything, which I'm, I'm going oh, to share right. some pictures. I need to I need to get in there with the uh, A6600 with the macro – with the 90-millimeter macro lens oh, and, try, and try and get some good <laughs> shots. Um, but, yeah, I want to get some good shots, put up on the forum. Yeah, uh, maybe post them up on the on that IG. You get know. your journal up. Yeah, get my journal breeding up. Journal. But then we also have the uh, the breeding page, too. That's true. So so share those pictures. But uh, what, what I was getting at is I'm, I wanted to hold off on posting because I actually removed maybe 90% of the fry from the main tank, the ones that I could catch, to the to a grow-out tank. Oh, nice. Because uh, my concern yeah. was with it being kind of a group of adults that mm-hmm. eventually they may get preyed upon. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. So, yeah, I moved those guys, and then it's been about a week, and they're still thriving. So they that's get baby brine trip every night. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that's, that's pretty awesome. I feel, I feel very good that I've had, you know, kind of a um, – Mm-hmm. Uh, a relatively difficult species to to work with, or one that you have to be very very patient with. So not a lot of people work with geophagus, but oh, okay. um, yeah, I feel I feel good about wow. that. Wow, that I is very that. yeah, that's impressive. That's yeah. a good accomplishment. Now yeah. now, what do you get to do with the babies? Do you sell them to the co-op or like what happens um, next? Well, it's I I mean my my personal. Um, philosophy on getting rid of fish now that I've been a, a, an employee of the aquarium call for a couple of years is I just take them in for free. Oh, okay. Because yeah. basically like whenever yeah. I need bloodworms or whenever I, I mean, I get so many fish foods for samples. That's true. That, I mean, my, my fish room is basically just powered by aquarium co-op stuff and I test so many my products and, and whatnot <laughs> that my, my view and my drive for the fish room has completely changed since working in the industry and working for aquarium co-op so these are a fish that we would not normally sell we sell them from time to time very rarely so it'll be up to robert like hey man Mm -hmm. i've got this group of uh, pellegrini do you want them if not maybe i'd offer them up to to aquahuna for his wholesale side of things like hey i just can't you know these are local bred Pellegrini, do you want them? You right. know, and, and with the owner of Aquahuna, Jerry, like we'd probably just go out and get some lunch or something, and I, we'd call it good. Like I've got, I have no desire to make money off of fish. Right. At this point, I just didn't so. know if you were gonna keep them or like or what no, happens no. with them because I don't breed fish, so I don't know no, the and process. On, really. And honestly, now that I've had one successful spawn, like mm-hmm. it's it, my more recent kind of focus on the fish room is just uh, Breeders Award Program. And so, are you have you heard? No. What is so that? So Breeders Award Program that's gonna be for uh, local fish clubs. Okay. Uh, most, if not all, local fish clubs have a horticulture cultural award program or yes. a breeders award program i'm doing the gsas one right now. are you yeah. so so that, that same exact thing those, okay. those same exact mechanisms actually i think the back end of both bap and hap are the exact same yes yeah um okay, so that makes sense. so bap would just be you know for breeding fish mm-hmm. you do your submissions just like you're doing with your plant propagation okay and yeah. then you get points and so right now right now let's let's actually pull up my gsas account. now what'd you call it breeders breeders award program award oh and, i see what you're and saying fun award. fact back in the day Corey mcelroy used to run this thing for a no time kidding. so check this old school picture out who is this who is this <laughs> young guy right here BAP chairs presenting yearly awards at the 2013 holiday party. Wow, 2013. Who, who is that young guy? Shoot, barely recognize him. No, gray, that kid? no gray in his hair. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he looks like a teenager. Yeah. So so right now, I so yeah, classification-wise, Geophagus is going to be a class B. So it's oh, not okay. the hardest, okay. but it's not like live bear, um, live bear category. So I'll get 10 points when I do my submission for the Pellegrini, which... 
I, I should bust Leslie's chops and be like, hey, give me like 20 points because that <laughs> took a long time. Um, and then my okay, discus, yeah. if I would have pulled my discus fry the first time, like if I would have pulled them on time and moved mm-hmm. them to the tank, uh, moved them out, I would have got 20 points for those uh, discus that I had a really good spawn with. But the parents ate it after they oh. laid eggs, and I didn't oh. get a chance to move them in time. Oh, uh, yeah, so good times. So right now, Randy oh, is cool. sitting at, I think I'm sitting at 90 points, which puts me at the top of intermediate breeder. I see. So tier number two of the award levels and i'm 10 points away from it at advanced breeder so do you already have the horticultural award or do you just have or you're just working on this one i've, I've submitted a couple for horticulture but it's it's like me i could probably me. i could probably submit one for like um tiger lotus because i've had those break off oh, and right. propagate i could probably do them for java for like there's so many that i just haven't that we can go in here and actually check and see where i am i was just curious but, where um, you were at if you were doing the breeders program i didn't know if you were also doing, doing the breeders program let me see here do i have anything for horticulture award every member because i'm like pumped about the horticulture part, <laughs> there you go <laughs> the breeding one i'm like eh. here we go so i've submitted for guppy grass i got five points for that Woo-hoo. one i submitted 10 for dwarf sagittaria and i got 15 for nana gold shoot well yeah, yeah anubius is harder because it's a, an, a rhizome oh did i get this to flower yeah i think i think i submitted it for flowering welcome to hap hold on yep flowering and here's my picture shoot boom wow look at that yeah look at my hair you can see my reflection in the background <laughs> yeah i can awesome anubius flower i have never even seen uh, well i've never gotten anubius to flower i've gotten boost to flower well so yeah, I got so, some work to do. And so right here, like the details of this, it was my 75 gallon. The first time I had that 75 gallon set up, okay. 78 degree temperature. Substrate was eco complete. Substrate depth of three to four inches. Uh, I was mm-hmm. running CO2. Mm-hmm. Uh, filtration was an AquaClear 110. Uh, CO2 at four to five bubbles per second. And then I didn't do like sunlight hours. Oh no, zero zero sunlight. Right, right. Uh, LED lighting. Fluval. 2.0. See, there you go. 2. That's a good 0. setup right there. Uh, it's on a timer, 6 to 10 a.m., then 4 to 8 p.m. So I did 6 to 10 a.m. Ah. because I was I was getting up very early in the morning, and I mm-hmm. wanted to see the fish in the morning. Yep. And then I wanted to see when I got home. That's a great way uh, to do it. Fertilizer type, liquid. Fertilizer brand, Easy Green. <laughs> That's right. 2018. So when Randy was a fanboy, wow. he was he was using the Easy Green and yep. having success. That's 10, right. 10 mils per week. And then other info, super glued to a terracotta pot watering device, submitting for Class E flowering. Yeah, because Class E gets you the most points. Mm-hmm. And then Roy giving me his, uh, Roy's the, the horticulture award mm-hmm. program chairperson. He says, 15 points, first grow. Welcome to HAP yeah, Randy. Yeah, that's Look at an that impressive message. first submission right there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, well, shoot. I mean, so, maybe when you're done with the breeder, when you can finish the so horticulture. So where are you at right now? I haven't started yet. So I've got oh. a tank. Well, I had to oh. get a tank set up because... You're not even a novice. You know, we have a five-gallon limit on You have a million apartment. tanks set up. What do you mean? Yeah, How are you not submitting points already? <laughs> so, but I wanted to set up a bigger tank to do this because I wanted to grow, like, a bunch of stuff all at once. And but just, you're like, growing, knock it out But fast. you're growing stuff now, though. That's true. But I want to grow out tank to grow even more. Well, sure, stuff. but you could still do some submissions though. I could, yeah, I could start now. Like if you got the runner, you could just take a picture of said runner and submit. Yeah, in I one wanted of your to. Five gallons. I wanted to be able to document it like on video and say because, well, maybe I shouldn't talk about this, but <gasps> there may be a possibility where I would be putting out some information <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> About plants or plant-related things or how to grow plants or, you know, easy plants, hard plants, stuff like that. So And so the, the idea would be for new and intermediate or expert people, whoever they are, mm-hmm. to have some, some like, practical right. 
vloggy style. Some resources yeah, some for resources. good information. Yeah. And I thought this would be a great opportunity to combine those two things and be able to talk about how I'm growing plants and what exactly I'm doing to grow them and document that process so that I have the most credibility when for I'm sure. talking about plants. So, yeah. <laughs> so but you're right. I mean, I could start right now. I just have not done that. I wanted to make it a whole project. Nice. So, yeah. So, for Horticulture Award Program, which I've talked about before with, like, Bentley and whatnot when he's been on here. Oh, yeah. So and Corey's a master horticulturist and everything else. He just submitted Gubby Grass, like, 72 <laughs> times. That's all he did. Uh, so, Class A through Class E, which we <laughs> all know, special 25 points. Look at that. Shoot. Um Propagation of a plant that is a first by a GSAS member. Oh, so that used to be one that you got 25 points for in Class E, but now it's been removed by the HAP chair due to difficulty of verifying. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you got that Class E through A, E being 25 points, A mm -hmm. being 5 points, and A plant would be like Bacopa or, let's see here, yeah. um, Java Moss. Mostly your easy stuff. Yeah, Class B moves into like a Valsinaria and Sagittarius. So, I mean, the, those are still pretty easy, but, you know, mm -hmm. you get a little bit more points, I guess. Um, class C, you're getting Crips, Anubias, Amania. Yeah. Class D is going to be some Aponagetans, uh, so Madagascar lace-leaf plants. And then Class E is going to be that flowering. Yes. So. so, very cool. And I think, what is it, 400 points you have to get before you get your master status? Uh, yes. So, 400 yes. points. And you have to write at least one mm. report for the bulletin and present a program at a general meeting. Ooh. -hoo. So to be a master aquatic horticulturalist. And then <laughs> once you exceed that, I think you actually basically get to reset and then go through it like a second, third, fourth time. So oh. then there's various tiers like, oh, you are a master horticulturalist. Jeez, oh, I can't I say know. that one. It, it's tough. You are a master aquatic horticulturalist uh, like two times over, like level two, level three, so on and so forth. Yeah. So you can you can propagate plants to your heart, heart's content and still receive some forms of acknowledgement. True. I think maybe we do that for Breeders Award Program. Um, but yeah, I've actually got a submission I wanted to make today for uh, Melatonea Bozmani. Oh, so yeah, I've is got that rainbows? I've got my last group of of rainbow of Bosmani rainbows that uh, Bosmani um, rainbows. yeah that I that I bred. Um, yeah, yeah. So I got a, a very crappy picture because those fish <laughs> like to move around a lot. Oh my gosh, it's kind of difficult so to photo. Yeah. So uh, I'll submit that one, and that should put me into the rainbow fish's ten points. So that'll give me the hundred point mark. So then I'll be at advanced, and then it's a matter mm. of just moving on uh, another hundred points to get senior. Two, 400 for master level one, 500 for master level two. Wow. Um, yeah. And so, you know, the whole goal there is, uh, I mean, part of me just wants to troll Dean. So like the, <laughs> the faster I can get to master level, I'll be like, Dean, dude, they just hand this title out to anybody. Right. Man. Master breeder Randy. Yeah, go mess with him. <laughs> <laughs> master breeder Randy. Yeah. There's, there's like just a good part of my life that's just trolling Dean and Corey. That's like, fantastic. How much can I just troll these guys before yeah. I get excommunicated or something? Yeah. And Bob Steenfot told me too that he got like horticulturist of the month or something. So I'm really trying to go hard in the paint. I so want, he says. I we can, want we can to look get up. We those can actually, things. The, the great thing about this too is you you can look up other members' really? approved submissions. <laughs> so we can see Mr. Bob Steen. That's what he was telling Ott. me. Yeah, when he was on, we were supposed to talk about his uh, BAP experience. Or, oh, no, that's BAP. I'm sorry. Let's go to HAP. Um, oh, right. His plant experience as well. Yeah, because he has his I'd, master status, I think. I didn't know he was so into plants either. I didn't either until he told me that. Uh, right. I was like, well, now I have to beat you. <laughs> Bunch of Anubias, uh, Windelov, Ludwigia, Physidens, Anubias, Nana Petite. Uh, let's see okay. here. Let's go to Blixa Japonica. Really, Bob? There you go. There's our Hellfry. 
Ooh, he put up a picture. Wow. See, I, I feel like you should have to put a picture for everything. Oh, my gosh, Bob. Is this your planted tank? That's what we, gorgeous. What are we seeing? Like kind of just a mass of plants? I love it, though. What is it, like a 40 breeder? Yeah, it looks, it looks like. looks like a 40 breeder. Yeah. You got a Bozemonet rainbow right there. Not where's his, where's surprising. See, he just took a picture of like a major planted tank and just said I like everything there. was in there. <laughs> I think it's there I'm gonna on give the right. Hard, I'm going to give him a that? hard time. Oh, this right here on the right? Maybe. I don't know, actually, now that I look at it. <laughs> I'm sure it's in it's there. It's really hard to tell. It's kind just of a give small him, picture. Just give him Bob a hard time. 2016, though. Yeah, so he's been, he's yeah. been a horticulturist for a while. All right, so enough yeah. about other people, Lizzie Block. Okay. Although some yes. of that was about you. Um, <laughs> what was your journey like then, you mm. know, as you're in your, your road to the 2019 um, Nano Aquascaping Competition? Like, what were some, oh, like, wow. hard lessons learned? What were some maybe some funny stories from, you know, as you started going hard in the paint, <laughs> as we'll yeah. say, it's hard aquascaping? Yeah, I had an interesting journey, I guess. I've been exposed to keeping fish ever since I was a child. My parents, they got me like a little goldfish tank when I was a kid. So I know that that's something I've always been passionate about, but I never really knew that aquascaping was a thing. Like I never knew it existed. And so I was keeping betta fish and I had just graduated college and I was just working. And so, you know, I was like kind of lonely. I was like, let me get a betta fish. And he ended up getting sick. And so I was on the internet doing a lot of research about how to treat him. And I came across George Farmer, who we all know. And so that's when I had really discovered aquascaping as a concept. And so I actually already had a little bit of a plant background because my dad, and you know this, <laughs> but maybe the internet doesn't know this, my dad is a uh, botanist. And so he's got his PhD in botany and he teaches for the University of Pennsylvania. So plants have always been in my life and I've always felt a certain... I don't know, draw towards them. And with with a specialization in like aquatic plants too. So yeah, he actually, but yes, he's written books on aquatic plants and trees and he studies, he really specializes in, in plants in Pennsylvania. So specifically that's where uh, he specializes in. But yes, so he's looked at aquatic plants in all different lakes and ponds and all kinds of different aquatic environments in Pennsylvania. And so hopefully a future guest of the podcast. <laughs> yes, well. hopefully. Uh, Professor Block, Dr. Block, <laughs> paging Dr. Block. Yeah, paging Dr. Block. <laughs> Need him stat. Um, but yeah, so I was just able to combine, uh, you know, I started really getting passionate about aquascaping and just started really wanting to grow plants more. And so, you know, it just kind of grew from there. And I thought, how far can I take this? I want to see where I can go with this. And that's when I decided to enter the aquascaping competition. I don't know if that's where I want to go. Like I am really interested in the more plant related side. So, you know, something I'm really interested in is conservation and things like mm. that so that might be kind of a direction i want to go but I, you know i've been doing this for such a short time it's only been maybe two three years max so i'm still figuring it out i guess mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah it's no, been a very long cool. journey um to kind of take a step back in mm -hmm. the time machine so did your dad ever take you like along on any aquatic plant collecting adventures do you have any fond memories like that it's funny because when he used to take me out, I would hate it because I was a kid and I, like, I just wanted to play with my friends and I didn't want to have to go look at plants in nature. <laughs> like, that's so boring. And he could totally tell you all about it. Like, I would just, you know, I hate going out there. But I didn't mind spending time in the woods and I didn't really 
get too much experience with aquatic plants specifically um, because he would mostly take the boat and go and do that himself. So he would do the super fun stuff yeah. by himself. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Well he saved the really fun well stuff played. for himself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, I was always, you know, semi-curious about what he was doing in the lab and what mm-hmm. kind of plants he was pressing and all kinds of stuff like that. So I, I definitely think it's been an interest for me. What, for what's time. that term, uh, plant pressing? Is that putting it into slides? Uh, preserving plants to document them and like take notes on them, I guess. So they that they literally take live plants and press them like in between pieces of paper and they label them and, oh, and measure okay. them and okay. for for future observation okay. and for documentation. And now they're digitizing stuff, so it's not really the same as because I was a little kid at the time, so mm-hmm. you know, that was twenty plus years ago. Um, but yeah, so I was always a little bit curious, I think, but yeah, I did hate honestly going out, (laughs) going out into the woods because it was like, he was just doing science stuff and I was just a kid. So, but as I got older, I think I learned to appreciate it more. And I mean, if if we ever get him on here, you know, I'll definitely kind of go through that process with him, but to to the best of your recollection, is it, you know, he's, would he go out there with the intent of finding a certain species or was it just, I'm going to go to this area and Mm -hmm. see what's growing or was it, I need to find this plant. Let's see if it's growing here or there. And then kind of densities of of it growing, how healthy is the plant? Mm -hmm. Like, are there any variations? Like all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Yeah. That that's mostly along the lines of what he does. Like he has certain projects here and there or like, you know, if he's writing a book, like he has a whole book about aquatic plants in Pennsylvania. So if like, he's writing a book, <laughs> so yeah. So just at any given time, <laughs> Doctor Block. Usually is he his, is always okay, writing a book. Hold on, hold on, Doctor. Uh, um, because he's he's also a professor, so his book is used. You could just do Tim. I was gonna, I, I keep wanting to say Ken Block, but that's the drifter guy. That's so funny. That drifts cars. So he would get like calls for a Ken Block sometimes, Doctor Ken Block. Uh, Tim, oh Tim, I don't even know. what Timothy. Yeah, there you go. One M. Mm-hmm. All right. And so, do you know what the name of one of his books might be? Uh, yeah, look up uh, Aquatic Plants of Pennsylvania. Okay. There they are. Ooh. There's all. Well, that's the first one. The, the plants, plants of Pennsylvania is the original. That is awesome. And then he wrote the trees of Pennsylvania. <laughs> and then he did the aquatic plants of Pennsylvania. There's trees down there, yeah. So, yeah. Oh wait, no, that's not his. Yes, it is. Oh, that he has. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So Anna, Anna Fowler Rhodes, and mm-hmm. Doctor uh, or Timothy Abel. Yes, they they worked together for a long time, and she awesome. has since retired. So he uh, now writes the book exclusively. But yes, wow. so basically that's how it would work. Is if he was. Is this and this is Anna Fowler right here? Yes, that's her. Oh, awesome. <laughs> And so then, cool. Yeah, so if he's like on working on a, a project where he's looking for, because so for right now he's looking for a certain fern that grows in very specific geographic locations in Pennsylvania, and so that is so <laughs> it's awesome. A, it's a rare fern, so Indiana this is, Jones yeah, of this the is Pennsylvania plant scene. That's so cool, and I and I say that like yeah. in jest, but like that's legit. That's yeah, so awesome. Yeah, it really is, and it's so funny because a lot of people don't even know what botany is or like a botanist as a term. Like, well, what does that person do? So mm-hmm. it's it's nice that you find that interesting. Does he <laughs> does he receive funding from like Pennsylvania Wildlife to to fund some of these projects? Is it coming through? Uh, University of Pennsylvania? Yes. Like what? So it comes through Penn. He's got a grant. Um, so he's the director. He's the chair of Botany. So he is working under a grant for, mm. for the University of Pennsylvania. So, yeah. It's not funded by anybody else. Okay. <laughs> uh, just cool. because he's employed by UPenn. So, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, and I, I ask that because I have no idea. Like, right. I have vague ideas of like how you would fund yeah. the project, but well, like, he's in, in this capacity. Being in academia, it's, yeah, you can 
get grants and things gotcha. like that. It's a little bit easier, I think. So <laughs> super cool. Yeah. And so little Lizzie Block's getting dragged out there on the right? weekend. And yeah. All she wants to do to is just hang out with her friends and do some rollerblading. <laughs> exactly. You know, exactly. Listen to her. Listen on the Walkman. But whatever the tune. <laughs> Although no, you're you're probably Play way too young. Playing my Tamagotchi. You're probably. <gasps> Yeah, Tamagotchi. probably probably too young for a Walkman. Should we? I was born in the '90s. Should we bring Tamagotchi back, but have it be a Mabu puffer? <gasps> yes. And then you have to feed them snails and yes. stuff. Yes, a hundred percent. That should happen. That would be pretty Murphy awesome. Murphy Tamagotchi. And the Tamagotchi would be in the shape of a clam, like the actual yeah, like sure. Instead of an egg, maybe we do it in the shape of a clam. Exactly. And but it's maybe it's Mabu puffer print. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to take this one. We'll flush it out, but yeah, I think this yeah. is a great concept. <laughs> Tamagotchi Mabu. Tamagotchi fish tank. Oh goodness. But goodness, yeah, goodness. so I think having him as a resource helps a lot. Now, of course, a lot of the plants that we grow in the hobby are from many other places other than Pennsylvania, but in fact a lot of the species that we do work with are from Pennsylvania. So well, he's been helpful. One <laughs> of the questions that I want to ask your dad yes. is and maybe you can shed some light on this mm-hmm. is what is different about, if anything, the cell structure of an aquatic plant versus the cell structure of a terrestrial plant? Like oh let's boy. say let's say grass. Right. Like okay. Maybe not like ultra hybridized, you know, lawn grass that we may have now, but just you just take like a native natural grass, right? Mm. That is 100% pure terrestrial, mm-hmm. as far as we know, right? As far as I know in my limited, you know, capacity brain for this kind of thing, mm-hmm. comparing it to a truly aquatic grass. Like, hmm. w- is there something different with the chlorophyll? Is there something different with the cellular walls? Like, I'm all sure. Of, well, like to what extent though, right? I imagine it has to do with structure a little bit because when you have terrestrial plants, you need more strength to hold the plant up, whereas in water, Mm. you don't necessarily need as much. And so that's why aquatic plants are like a little more floopy and not as like strong, straight up tall. So maybe like maybe lignin or something has to do with that. Okay. And then perhaps with two, if it's maybe, maybe if a terrestrial plant has too much lignin, when you go to put it in the water, so much lignin prevents the um you know uh uptake of nutrients perhaps i don't know i just spitball yeah you. we're just like totally if somebody them. has a like a eighth grade botany like <laughs> test coming up do not use that as yeah, any yeah. type of like this is not credible information yeah source this is like but, worse than wikipedia but yeah i don't i don't know i really don't know because it's when you think about the fact that certain plants can adapt to either underwater or above water growth mm-hmm. it's like yeah i do wonder how the self-structure changes once it's adapted to underwater that's a that's an interesting question too like what i don't know though what he would he would know for I'm sure, sure yeah for sure <laughs> but like yeah. you know the pogostem and octopus like yeah. two fairly distinct forms whether mm-hmm. it's immersed or submerged yeah and like what is what is that plant thinking when it you know w- as it undergoes that transformation like why why is it doing right. this thing in an immersed form versus a, a submerged form I really don't know the answer for that. Let's just call your dad up right now. Let's yeah, get him on three-way call. call him right now. But <laughs> <laughs> it's my job to understand the forms and work with them, and not, not the cell structure. But now I am curious. <laughs> See, there we yeah, go. Yeah, now I do wonder. I don't know. I really don't know. You're plants gonna, are you're gonna cheat. And you're gonna plants are complicated. And you're gonna get the answer from yeah, your dad I'll before I get a chance. I'll probably text him as soon as we're done. With hater. This. No, just kidding. <laughs> just a hater. Then you're gonna you're just gonna hold it over my head. Like, hey, Randy. Yeah, I know I'm gonna tell you I know, but I'm not gonna tell exactly. you the answer. Oh, jeez. Ruthless. Just kidding. Absolutely ruthless. But yeah. So 
aquascaping, learning to aquascape, learning mm-hmm. plants. What was um, what was a struggle? What was one of your struggles oh, in the it beginning? It was all a struggle, not even going to lie. <laughs> like, <laughs> setting up my first aquascape, it was so bad, like, looking back on it. How complicated did you try to go, right? Because because well, plants, because a planet tank is as difficult as you want it to be, in my opinion. That's true. That's true. Well, I had, like, high expectations. I was like, yeah, like, these people make it look so easy. Like, George grows all these plants. It's, like, no big deal. And so, yeah, it was not that easy. <laughs> Being inexperienced and not knowing how to grow plants it was difficult but i found that eventually like if you kind of just leave things alone things will start to happen and Mm -hmm. things will grow and and that's kind of how i learned and just like letting things crash and burn and then just seeing what happens afterwards is like part of my process were you were you getting more just like plants plants just straight out dying because of lack of nutrients were you getting algae explosions algae green water like what was Well, it's actually crazy because when I had first started getting into aquascaping, I was living in a different area of Pennsylvania. I was actually living in Lancaster County, which if anybody knows anything about Lancaster County, it's like... That's where the candy comes from, right? uh, That's where a lot of candy comes from, you know, (laughs) a lot of... knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of uh, Amish people live there, so a lot of farming goes on. It's actually like mostly farming, and so a lot of fertilizer runoff is happening in the water, and I was actually putting water into my tanks like for a water change that already had like 50 parts per million nitrates from the local water from the tap water from the tap yeah from the farm runoff yeah i mean that's that's what i believe it is caused by because living in other parts of pennsylvania i didn't have those issues like living on city water i didn't have those problems because you guys uh, pennsylvania pulls from like watersheds right like dam, uh, yeah, like dammed I up guess. rivers, yeah. like Lehigh, Lehigh River Dam watershed, mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff is I, actual I things like that. Okay, yeah. Somebody from sure. Pennsylvania, like, just drop some comments, like, if we have any like water resource. Um, yeah, I mean, people, let us know. Where, where does your water come from, I do Pennsylvania? Know we have dams and all kinds of other stuff, but yeah, Pennsylvania is no shortage of water. But yeah, so it was crazy, and I, I didn't even know that, and I had taken my water to the pet store to test it and they were like yeah you have a lot of nitrates in your water and I was like well I'm doing a lot of water changes and they're like yeah it's in the tap water and I'm like okay what do I do to to get it out and they're like nothing (laughs) you just have to live with it and so Mm -hmm. it was a struggle and I got a lot of algae for that reason Mm -hmm. and but that's a great starting point though for plants though right I mean not so much for the fish you're gonna be a little bit of an uphill battle exactly at 50 50 ppm (laughs) for fish but yeah and then it would just go up from there because I was putting fertilizer in (laughs) you know (laughs) it's just like yeah it was a whole thing and and this was just stuff that I was totally you know I had no idea that this was the thing so like I said I had a lot of struggles in the beginning but Throughout that process, uh, I had really fallen in love with uh, white clouds, and so I was keeping mm. a lot of white clouds, and I had actually, like, accidentally bred them, and all kinds of other stuff was going They're on. They're such so. a cool fish. So yeah. underrated. Yeah. So awesome. So cool. Yeah, and they got those gold ones at the st- – the, the yellow ones at the store that I yeah. wanted to check out. Yeah, you, you see the – I think, like, three predominant forms would be your standard white cloud, mm-hmm. your standard white cloud with long fin, mm-hmm. and then your gold form exactly. of, long, of, of white cloud. And I don't think you see gold form long fin – Maybe I don't know. I may have seen it. Probably, but I th- but I feel like those other three are like really yeah. the, like the bread and butter yeah. of what you'll see. But well, no. they're discovering more because the original white cloud is from China, mm-hmm. uh, and then they're discovering even more that they think belong to the same genus in Vietnam. So they could be different parameters. Was it like Tanalabes or something? Possibly. Like that? Yeah, something tea. like begins that. with a T. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. at least know that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, so I had just gone through like all this craziness and just like throughout you know failing and and experimenting and learning i just you know started getting it down it just took a while but Mm -hmm. yeah because i don't think aquascaping is like super easy for anybody who just picks it up like oh yeah i'm just gonna go aquascape like it's a lot more complicated than that yeah (laughs) uh did you draw any 
um, inspiration from certain styles in the beginning? Like, did anything yeah, really, and I really s- captivate you? I still feel like I prefer things that look like nature aquariums, what they call nature aquariums, which is not like this pristine, perfectly pruned, you know, perfect looking aquascape. It's more just kind of like a organized chaos right. where I have lots of plants going on, but it looks pretty. Yeah. It's almost like a slice of nature, but yeah. maybe kind of bumped up a little bit. Exactly. On the yeah. Like, of course, rocks and wood yeah. don't look that nice in nature most of the time. And usually there's algae growing in nature. Just and stuff like slime that. covered rocks. Yeah, exactly. Just straight brown <laughs> slime covered rocks. Yeah, in mulm nature. and all kinds of other stuff. You don't, you don't so. get this beautiful white striation right. in your gray sear exactly. stone rock. <laughs> but my scapes are not like trimmed perfectly or, like, uh-huh. you know, yeah. I'm not going for the, the perfect clean yeah. look but i because th- I, I think the aquascaping style for me that's probably like the worst one to try to imitate would be mm-hmm. the iwagumi style it's hard because that's the one where it's like man i love that and I, yeah. i've said it before that <laughs> you know if i was ever just balling out of control i would have a pro set up an iwagumi style aqua uh, mm-hmm. aquarium for me mm-hmm. and i would never touch it true i would only ever water change i would only ever <laughs> sprinkle like nano pellets in it yeah. for like extreme nano pellets just for the fish that are in there but i would never touch it beyond that because mm-hmm. i would just want it to be this beautiful yeah. iwagumi style um iwagumi's like, fun because i get i get like conjures like it conjures up rohan for me so oh. for lord of the rings okay like i just picture yeah. i just picture like you know, the scene where uh, they first meet the, the writers of Rohan for the first time and okay. like they're hiding behind those rocks and they come over the grass Ooh. and it just reminds me of that so much, right? right? Yeah. I think, I think Rohan was a little bit more like brownish green mm. as opposed to like a very vibrant, like, vibrant. like aquarium yeah. plant green. But exactly. nonetheless, like that's, it just, yeah, I just love it. And then yeah. like the whole open space up mm-hmm. above all the rocks and you've got whatever your fish is that are swimming in it. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I have a small Uwagumi going right now, but <gasps> it would be really cool to have do you? Well, did you watch my apartment tour on Aquarium Corps? I did. YouTube I don't channel? remember the Iwagumi one though. Well, it's fun fact about that. Uh, Jimmy is a hazard when it comes to setting up uh, electrical. Uh, yeah, don't, don't trust pump. Jimmy with air go pumps. Back. <laughs> if you haven't watched that video, go back and just watch it, and, and you'll you'll notice what I'm talking about. That was hilarious, <laughs> Jimmy. We've said your name too many times in this. I'm know, sorry right? if your ears are burning. I love you. Um, <laughs> Jimmy's the best. But yeah, so I have like a it's a nano Iwagumi. Well, I call it an Iwagumi. It doesn't. It's Uwagumi is harder than it looks. Oh, absolutely. Because you're like, oh, okay, yes. I'm just going to slap like five rocks in this aquarium and it'll look great. But like you have to position them in a very specific way to make them aesthetically well, pleasing. Culturally, it's coming from the Japanese. Right. Which and is that like too. a precise yeah. culture. They've of, set the bar yeah, really high. <laughs> um, right. So it was definitely, it, it's the first like true Uwagumi tank that I've ever set up. And Ooh, I don't first. even have like the correct number of stones in there or anything but it's tougher than it looks (laughs) but i've got the dwarf hair grass like you You see that you see that number three most popular video of aquarium co-op i posted that on instagram do you know who do you know whose hand that is yes randy (laughs) okay do you know what kind of fish those are um demason i I had to google it myself (laughs) all right let's see here let's go to newest and all right, Lizzie, your video it should be, is... There it is, right there. Amazing Nano Aquascape Fish Room in there we the apartment. 68,000 views within one month. Well done. Yeah, there it did you pretty are. good, actually. All right, let's find It did that. better than I thought it was going to do. All right, we got to get through this State Farm commercial. Oh, Randy, you're like me. You don't pay for the fancy YouTube. Oh, no. 
I will I will <laughs> never I will never ever pay for YouTube. That is Okay. <laughs> That's my philosophy too. That that just feels really, really weird. Jimmy's like, how can you stand those ads? I'm like, I refuse to pay for it. It's not that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. It's five seconds, just hit skip. It's not I see it as paying my own salary because right. if I watch the Ooh, ads. Here we on go. Video. Oh, it was one of your first ones. Yeah. It's okay. That one. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, it's grown in a little bit even since um, we filmed that video, mm -hmm. but I've got lots and lots of cryptocurrency in there and some Liliopsis, Brasiliensis, or Microsword in the back, and hair grass in the front. Of course, all of our tanks have tons of floating plants because me and Jimmy are huge fans oh. of floating plants. Did I? <laughs> did you see, um, I, I should maybe just send you this picture to, to share it, but uh, the, oh, the, yeah, the hair grass came in. I took in a picture of it. Did you see that? Haley and I were talking how about it. How insane <laughs> that hair grass was? I'm like, how are you gonna, are you gonna send that to people? Oh, I just, I just did my, um, it was I, so I just crazy. took all the photos off my uh, phone and put it on the computer. It's okay. I swear I got a picture it of it. It is. I was like, I have to take a picture of this. Insane. The yeah. roots are growing all around the pot. Yeah, there, like there is no black over. pot. There yeah. is no black plastic pot. You can't even see the pot. pot. It, is, it was just all dwarf hair grass. <laughs> it's like the farm forgot about that one right. for a little bit. They were like, oops. I mean, that's seriously like, that's like a 20 portion exactly. pot. I'm like, this just is worth a lot one. of money right Did here. Did you see the banana plant that I took a picture of and posted to the forum? really long bananas. It was as big as my hand. Right, and I think somebody in the forum was like, "Yeah, and you didn't Corey say you have mutant hands or something?" So, <laughs> oh right, which I don't have. I do not. Have, Corey just has small hands. All right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but uh, he, I, I have heard that hands. actually. <laughs> that rumor's going around, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. So yes, yeah. if you have not watched that, ooh, this is okay. So this is number two. This okay. is reminder number two. Okay, I want to link this video in our show notes. Okay, gotcha. So people can go directly to this and watch and see the uh, yeah. your tour. Uh, yeah, awesome tanks. nano aquascape. How often do you do water changes? Not as often as I should, to be completely honest. <laughs> but I try to keep them uh, weekly. Well, weekly as schedule. you as you think you should, or well, I do get a lot of algae in this tank because I'm shining a lot of light on it. I have a Kessel on it right now, and I had a Twin Star on it, and both of those are pretty powerful because I wanted to. But why? Why does why does that matter though? Algae and water changes. If I did more water changes, I, I don't think I would get as much algae because so you think I'm taking a lot of nutrients okay, out. Okay, so knock down the nutrients, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, exactly. So with the intensity of the light, I think less nutrients would help the algae situation. Um, so maybe but I do try to do it and weekly. dose less then? Yeah, I don't know. I like to dose a lot because I like the plants to have everything they need. And I noticed the crypts had some pinholes in the leaves and mm. i thought maybe it was a dosing issue and sometimes actually believe it or not dosing extra fertilizer if you have an algae problem could actually help solve your algae problem in some situations because if you're missing a nutrient it can cause all kinds of other problems whereas if you are adding that nutrient in <laughs> because plants require all these specific nutrients whereas algae can thrive on just one nutrient mm -hmm. so if you're lacking something and your plants are suffering you're going to get algae if you fertilize more and your plants now have that nutrient that they needed, right. they could be thriving more. Yeah. And then you may, you know, your plants might be out competing for algae at that point. Yeah, because the idea is in a, in a let, let's say, as close to perfect setup from a nutrient standpoint, mm -hmm. the plants should be able to basically be stronger of a, exactly. of a, of a living organism mm -hmm. than the algae. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they would suck up all the nutrients and just not, like algae wouldn't even be able to grow on them. Is that kind of the idea as well? Yeah, that's the idea. So okay. so if your plants, your plants need every single type of nutrient. They don't just need one type of nutrient. If they're not getting every single one, they could be suffering. Where 
is algae can thrive on anything. So it's like, okay, well, now there's all these extra nutrients in the water. I can live on any of these, and so it'll take off. But once you start providing your plants with that specific key nutrient that they need or that they're, they're lacking, then they can start out-competing the algae for and nutrients. We, we have a, uh, <laughs> that was a lot of information, and there's a lot to be broken down on that. I know Corey's talked about it. Uh, it's a complicated topic, but... So we actually have um, our take on a plant nutrient chart, uh, a visual plant nutrient chart. So mm -hmm. nu nutrient deficiencies, why your aquarium plants are dying. Yes, this um, is a great resource on the uh, website. Written by Irene, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's got pictures and Yeah, everything. and so each, there's maybe three paragraphs, two paragraphs to three paragraphs on each type of deficiency. So whether it's nitrogen deficiency and you get an example of what a leaf would look like that's mm -hmm. going through nitrogen deficiency in full color. Mm -hmm. um, then you get iron deficiency, potassium, and then at the very bottom we should have... Uh, the guide, which then, yep, so the yeah. full-on, uh, the actual full-on guide here, which it's a little fuzzy. I wonder if we can get that kind of cleaned up. Okay, um, maybe that could be a, a thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a root tab. Yeah, it's a while since. We, I don't, were you here when we were working on this one? I don't even think so. Yeah. I've seen this before, but I had no part in making this. Yeah, so it's a whole, it's a whole chart on calcium, iron, normal, a normal leaf, nutrient deficient leaf, magnesium deficient leaf, so on mm -hmm. and so forth. And then we had the, the root tab in there to, <laughs> yeah. to show that, hey, get a root tab in yeah, there. Yeah, get so a root tab. So your, uh, your plant roots can, can get nutrients directly. Mm -hmm. um, and then it kind of says, it breaks it down by asterisks. Like, okay, if you have an iron deficiency, you've got these two little maroon asterisks. You go down and it mm -hmm. says use easy iron to add right. extra iron and bring out the redness in your leaves because yes. um, this picture of a leaf is a very yellowed leaf um, mm -hmm. green in the stem structure but yellowed leaf um, yep. yellowing with dark veins so this is really really cool um, yep did you discover something like this early on or did it take a while in your journey before I did not discover this mm. <laughs> if I had it probably would have made my life a lot easier but yeah I mean I've been just doing trial and error I mm -hmm. like to do it well a lot of people talk about this, but I like to just do it for myself and, and gain my own experience so that when I tell other people, I know what I'm talking about versus just like, oh, yeah, I saw like maybe your plant leaf is pale because you have a magnesium deficiency. Mm -hmm. Like I've never experienced that, so I don't know what that looks like. Um, but yeah, so that's just my experience. But this is a helpful guide for sure. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a certain like testing regimen? No. To test for these things? Okay, so you're, you're more of a I, totally visual. observation, yeah. visual. Yeah, okay. So how yeah. are my plants doing? And yep. then from your experience, that helps you to troubleshoot and know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, that's, you know, that, that normally red plant is looking real green and pale. Right. So it's going to be And I like to I like to run my tanks, like, on a nutrient-deficient side so I can see, like, what my plants need, too. So, like, in the beginning of that setup, I, I barely fertilized at all for, like, months. And I just let the soil you know, do its thing and, and the plants could get uh, nutrients from the roots. And then once I started noticing, okay, some leaves are looking a little sketchy, they're a little pale, they've got some pinholes, like I'm going to start fertilizing to see how much fertilizer this tank needs mm. before I start overdoing it. <laughs> no, that makes sense. I basically just trial and error with fertilizer until my plants look healthy because, you know, there's dosing instructions, um, but I don't know if those work for everybody. So you know. Yeah, and I mean, there, there's still a lot of parallels with, like, breeding fish. Yeah. You know, like yeah, you, exactly. um, you know, you have to do a lot of observation. You have yep. to do a lot of, you know, trying things out. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe this maybe this breeding cone for these discus are in the, is, is in the wrong position. Exactly. Maybe it's the wrong style. Yeah. Maybe this – I know from trial and error that um, – 
the like pyramid slate breeding slate that I have for oh. angels. So it's actually like a pyramid shape with yeah, two yeah. slates on each side. Cool. My angels do not like that. Oh. They like oh, just the regular one piece of flat slate oh. leaned up against the glass. And so, hmm. you know, I, I need to actually order a, another one of those uh, simple slates. And so just yeah. through trial and error and the same thing with plecos, like mm-hmm. the different types of caves that, you know, certain plecos like and other plecos don't like. So some of them may True. like a more squared slate smaller cave mm-hmm. or some of them are just like hey that amazon uh terracotta thing that's meant for like actual like house plants yeah. to put water in they like that <laughs> i'm more a than, in there <laughs> yeah more than something that you know a, a person thinks that a yeah. fish is gonna oh. want and make what'd you do did you break my table. desk i'm so sorry okay now you're fine <laughs> You're fine. But yeah. yeah. But I, I, I see these parallels where it's, you know, you are working with plants. Right. You know, I'm working with fish, but you have to be present. You have to be present. Exactly. You have to observe. And ob- that's what observe. I really love doing, too, is I just love staring at my tanks and looking at <laughs> <laughs> looking at the plants, seeing what they're doing. And that's yeah. how I learn about them. So, yeah. yeah, I'm not so like anal about it. You know, I don't record stuff or anything. I just like to do it, you know, based on what I see. Mm-hmm. So. But once you start actually documenting, though, you will be recording. That's true. Exactly. Mm. which is a whole new project. I wonder if we have a char- <laughs> like is it possible maybe it already exists but a chart like this but for algae. Oh. Where it's like oh you've got blackbeard algae. Here yeah. are typically the things that produce blackbeard algae or or That's staghorn true. algae or um you know cyanobacteria like how did cyanobacteria get in your aquarium? How is it thriving? Mm. Is there, I wonder if there's something like that. That I sounds kn- complicated. I know we have individual yeah. Blog articles about certain types of algae mm-hmm. and typically what to do with them. And then the origin, I think, is usually just like an imbalance, right? So we're, we're usually right. saying that it's either lighter nutrients. And maybe maybe that's maybe that's the only form that's available for mass consumption, right? Maybe exactly. to try to take it to this level that we have mm-hmm. with a with an, uh, an animated plant leaf guide, mm-hmm. maybe for algae it's just far too complicated. And it's like yeah. you need to be like a triple PhD. But maybe it would help to be able to identify certain types of algae because if somebody doesn't know like, oh, this is hair algae do versus we, spot algae. Do then we have a? Then maybe it would be helpful to like be able to identify them and see what might be causing those problems. Oh, we do. Algae identification guide. Here we go. Different kinds of algae. Look oh my at gosh, that. Randy. My aquarium co-op. <laughs> Cut this out. <laughs> the no, podcast. this is fine. This is fine. This Neither is one of now. us knew that it, it, this existed. Uh, brown diatoms. I mean, we put a lot of effort into blogs. That's and true. I don't know if we necessarily promote them to the extent that is... our effort necessitates. Like that or <laughs> dick or... Yeah. Or what, what's true. the word I'm looking for here that we should promote it. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, I love promoting our blogs because they're such wonderful resources. They really are. They're so helpful. So yeah, we have like like hair algae here and we have a great picture of hair algae. Treat hair algae with decreased lights, more easy green, less iron or algae ears. So there you go. More easy green. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, why more, would you want to treat algae with more fertilizer? More easy green, less iron. Yeah. That's an interesting one. Uh, green spot algae, blackbeard. Here we go, blackbeard algae. If you see gray bushy clumps, remove them with easy carbon, hydrogen peroxide, mm-hmm. or algae eaters. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it would almost be interesting to really deep dive um, and actually maybe even jump over to Google Scholar mm-hmm. uh, and start, you know, looking up research papers on blackbeard algae. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe something, maybe something would pop up. I agree. I think uh, it's a it's a good idea at least. Although in the context of the natural world and academia. Mm-hmm. Is algae viewed at in in a negative light? I don't think so. Right, it's just like another organism that they would study. Right. Um, algae is a component of nature. Right. 
algae has actually like lots of purposes mm-hmm. like in real life <laughs> like well, practicality and, and part of like i don't stress over algae too much i mean especially in the fish room because that's just a, a stink of fish room yeah. but that's like extra things to help pull out the nutrients exactly. out of the water right so be, yeah. so for clean water quality um and then in my main 75 gallon i mean very early on when you're putting our bios together i was very um right. hesitant to share a picture because there is a lot of blackbeard algae in yeah. my main tank but it has like this wavy yeah. motion to it. It's kind of cool. It's and as long cool. as and as long as my crypts are outperforming mm-hmm. and they're actually, you know, um, you know, they are more the focal point and the Blackbeard algae just kind of takes this like mm-hmm. passenger seat yeah. on that on that ride. I'm kind of okay with it. Right. Um, yeah, I don't even yeah. mind like I get a lot of algae. So for the Uwagumi scape, I get a lot of algae covering yeah. the rocks and green dust algae and stuff yeah. like that. And I don't hate it. I think it gives it yeah. a natural look. Now, I will say green water. <laughs> like if, if <laughs> Yeah, this that's is a no go. If this is your main aquarium that you want on display in your home or it's an aquascape, you kind of mm-hmm. got to deal with the green water, but in the fish room, I'm not sad that I have two tanks with green water right, right. now. Right. Um, and that can be good for what? Fry and stuff too. For fry, yeah, for like the super super microscopic fry, but also mm-hmm. um, I tried recently Daphnia again and I was right. actually having some pretty good success with having indoor oh, daphnia wow. and what i was doing was taking like two large cups of green water from mm-hmm. one tank that had the green water bloom and then pouring it into that daphnia tank and i had at least two or three generations wow. of daphnia reproducing doing really well and then i just got lazy and stopped yeah. feeding at the green water so yeah that uh that daphnia kind of went to waste daphnia is but, a good food source too oh for sure yeah absolutely so, yeah. Um, well dean has tons of green water in his he's got like a bathroom tank with like <laughs> just right up against the window it's <laughs> just totally opaque green. of course he does yeah of course, yeah. So I would. I would. I assume that Dean just bathes in green water. <laughs> he no, hear me does. out. Hear me out. <laughs> Dean bathes in green water, and that's why his fish do so well. Because every time he's interacting with oh, his tanks, yeah. all of those little like micronutrients mm-hmm. are getting in the water. Yeah. So it's helping to promote like healthy yeah, fish keeping. Right. <laughs> Dean probably has all kinds of secrets. That we you know. know you know. So Rocky, uh, what did Rocky Balboa do? He had like he would drink like a dozen eggs every morning. Oh yeah. I think Dean I've seen just. It. I think Dean chugs green water. Yeah. Probably does. Jimmy eats baby brine shrimp and <laughs> Dean chugs green water. And together Jimmy has eaten fish food. I've seen it in real life. It's scary. I've seen um <laughs> Dean uh, Dean and one of our past employees, Sam, in one of our videos. Actually, no, was it our video or was it uh Flynn's video where uh oh we actually ate some bug bites? Micron. No, it was oh, uh, micron. Sarah Micron. Actually, I'm gonna do it right now. No. Hold on, Why I'm gonna is try. Everybody it. eating fish food. Randy's a fish now. Tastes like a, uh, almost tastes like a seasoning. Really? Yeah, tastes like a sushi seed. You gonna try to take a bump? No. Do it. Take a bump. Do it, Lizzie. No, and he tried the dog's food the other day too, and I was like, <laughs> yes, I. What is to... up with? As a kid, maybe getting down on dog food. It's from Pennsylvania. Does he even say? Sarah, North America. Yeah, yeah, comes in, uh, comes in via Pennsylvania. Frank Amir, friend of the podcast, Sarah cool. and Zach Frank, both you have guys. Lots of friends of the podcast. Lots of friends. This is episode nine. It, Hold on. Did, were you about to say 90-something? Hold on. Hold on. Let's Hold see on. which episode you're going to be, Lizzie Block. Oh, my gosh. What? Oh, I listened to... Oh, we're up to an hour and 10 minutes now. Look at that. Oh, gosh. Yes. <laughs> Just time flying. I right? think we talked about stuff. That was we somewhat interesting. Stuff. We All talked about right. stuff. We talked about a lot of plant stuff. You are going to be episode 97, Lizzie Block. I cannot believe you have 97 episodes. Because they're so terrible with me as the host. Oh, you had Jeanne on. I got to watch that. I watched the one where you had Daniel from the forum on. Yeah, Daniel was legit. He's the best. Yeah. yeah. Jeanne, Jeanne was super awesome, too. And luckily, yeah. I was able to. Uh, Jeanne, that was actually here. She did a tour over the warehouse. 
Um, I have her better rubras now, so she sent those. I've what? got uh, I've got the reverse trio of better rubra. You are so lucky. Yeah, I, and, that is uh, so cool. Yeah, I haven't put any pictures up because again, I'm like secretive, and yeah. I don't want them to like fail on me. And you know, it's like hey, Randy, what happened posted those, it. Yeah, what happened to those better rubras? Um, Ooh, nothing, yeah. nothing. Like yeah. my, I feel that my um, what are they? Ah, oh, man, that's got a weird aftertaste. I need to drink some water. Yeah, that was. I can't believe you just did that. Michael, ooh, I need gum. I'm going to have to go across the street and get some gum after this. In this podcast, talk about plants, and also Randy eats fish food. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're good. We're good, folks. <clears throat> if I succumb, like, somehow yeah. there's just, like, some, my body's not used to having, <laughs> let's see here. Randy starts growing gills. It's like, oh, man, I'm actually secretly allergic to parsley. I, I probably would know that at this point. Stinging nettle. You would know that. Maybe stinging nettle is what I'm... Uh, I mean, it's got spirulina, krill, brine shrimp, fish meal. Oh, so well, like Well, some Jimmy, people I are allergic shrimp. to krill or brine shrimp. That can be a thing. I, so actually, when I touch frozen bloodworms or yeah. when I touch certain fish foods, it actually makes my hands itch. Yeah, Jimmy has the same problem. Yeah. yeah. It's because we're both Asian. You think that's why? I think so. Yeah? I think so. I actually okay. I can't, I can't peel cucumbers. because Is that why you both eat fish food, too? <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> probably, probably. What were we talking oh. about? Better rubras. We were talking um, about algae, but algae. Yeah. yeah, algae. Good times. So, what is on the uh, what's on the future? What's what's in the future for Lizzie Block? Mm. Like from an aquarium keeping standpoint, is it the yeah. so like the bap the, or the the, the GSAS the hap tank hap tank is happening? Yeah, where I want to just grow a whole bunch of plants. How are you gonna set out how are you gonna set that thing up? So it's actually it's an all in one tank, so it's already got the filter on it, which is awesome. I've never used a tank like that, so I'm excited to see how that does. We need to talk after this. Okay, I've got something to tell you. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> Oh, no. I'm scared. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. And then I've just got a nano over the top of it, which I might want to get, like, a big flu ball for. How but big it's just a, a rimless tank. How big of a tank is this? It's about 15 gallons, but I don't okay. think I'm going to fill it up the entire way because it's just for plants. I wanted to put some nice... Substrate? Um, active flora? I was going to use flu ball stratum. Okay. Yeah. Flu ball stratum is my favorite planted tank. I think you should try using the, the uh, substrate that we sell, Lizzie Block. Oh, yeah. That's true. From, what is it? Active flora? Active flora, yeah. Okay. It's, good. it's pretty good stuff. It's Maybe actually what's it. out in the um, uh, break room tank, which, oh. Okay. I got to talk to Corey so okay. that he doesn't, you know, shoot me down on that. Well, he, he actually, no, I'm better at asking for forgiveness than permission. Uh, yeah, you, we but, just uh, talked about this. I, I think I need you to uh, rescape that tank for us. That's like, true. We've been talking about that Low tech. It actually needs way more substrate because that was actually a busted open bag upon, upon shipping. Oh. So, like, pallets going across the country on less than trailer full load shipments like those things get so beat up i'm surprised that they even make it here in one piece as it is and so on this particular shipment like one of the bags got busted and so i had like half a bag of substrate that's what went into that tank and honestly that should have been like a full bag maybe a full bag and a half of substrate yeah i always tend to lean towards as much substrate as i can fit (laughs) i would i would not be sad if we just did a complete tear down got rid of all that duckweed um because as it as the water recedes it starts to like go up on this blame it on robert that He's duckweed the one. is I, out of control. I asked him for water lettuce, and he brought me <laughs> water lettuce with duckweed. That's how we got duckweed in our house. So, too. Robert, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, although, although the, we have the rainbow fish because they came in, the eggs came oh, in as hitchhikers on duckweed on either the duckweed or the water lettuce. More than likely the water lettuce because duckweed's kind of small. I don't yeah. think the rainbow fish are sticking their eggs on that. But yeah, Probably we've got not. two two hitchhiker um, what a, oh, uh, right. rice fish. Yeah, the rice fish. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got. Yeah, the two, and they look great too. Yeah, they've got the two. I hope it's a male female. That'd be so awesome. That would be awesome. Um, it's hard to tell. I feel like they're both male. They're either both male or it's male female. I'll have to look. But at I don't think again. I don't think it's two females. Um, that and would be too good to be true. Yeah. Then we've got the two rainbow ornate gobies. 
male female i think we got Are two they male female we got two gobies in there yeah, yeah according the to robert but you know what what does he know he just runs a fish store oh um, right <laughs> not just a fish store he runs aquarium co-op <laughs> <laughs> let's hope he knows let's hope he does yeah. uh, but yes i would love to have you just do like a complete tear down of that like yep. i'll totally help out and then we just put like some very very simple hardy plants in there because the whole mm-hmm. the whole intent and what's why i'm kind of okay with the duckweed is that that needs to be just a very very low maintenance tank which right. having the duckweed on there like i don't ever do water changes i just add water into the system duckweed makes everything high maintenance well, it's from a water change standpoint. Yeah, So exactly. from like a water quality standpoint, I don't have to change the water very right. often. I never change the water. Right. I just add. I just, just top off. It builds up so quickly, and it's just like it's insane. constantly scooping it That's out. another one worst. where it would be interesting to see a time lapse. Oh my gosh. Uh, duckly, a duckweed just exploding on the surface of a tank. It would take like three days. No, just kidding. <laughs> Maybe 12. It's Maybe 12, 12 hours. Like 12 yeah. hours, the duckweed would just boop, boop. It almost would it. be like magic. You would just see like boop, 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 boop. That would like, be kind of cool it to would, see. It's just coming from nowhere. Like, we got to do more time lapses around here. I, time lapses are awesome. Time lapses awesome. are, that's where it's at. Yeah. Agree. So you're going to do your yeah. grow out tank. We're going to get you some active flora. So that'll be your substrate. But yeah. Um, I have lots of, cool. you know, lots of people ask me, hey, skate my tank. Like I skate Dean's tank. Nice. I oh, escaped, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, who... That tank looked good. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate it. Dean that. will probably mess it up, but no, it looks good. I heard the last I heard it was doing well. Well, the last I heard before that it was having algae problems. But <laughs> 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 Typical. But yeah. And Let's then go I, back to the algae page. I Let's, know, uh, right? Identify the algae problems. But I think it's doing better now. And then I also escaped uh, an Iwagumi. Dutch Ooh. style for Kyle, if you know bearded the bearded fish keeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle. Yeah, what, we, what we is went it? to his house. Because those that seems like an oxymoron, an Iwagumi yeah. minimalist Dutch aquarium, which is so, like over the top with plants. Right. It was just like uh, you know photos, he. Pics? I do actually Ooh. have a picture of Kay. it. Keep before, going. Keep talking um, as I interrupt you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, he went and he he I think knows somebody at like a landscaping company or something where he was able to get like lots of rock. Uh, and so we got these big chunks of stone and we decided to just do a whole bunch of plants, just like a bunch of plants, as many as we could, you know, reasonably afford and stuff. Um, so I have a bunch of red plants in there and a bunch of all different textures. So I was reading up on Dutch and now that's kind of like something I'm getting a little bit more interested into. The Dutch tanks are pretty awesome. Yeah. Like just the yeah. overwhelming And there's lots of, of like plants. rules for them too. Like there are certain plants that can't go next to each other and you have to have things spaced out a certain way and trimmed a certain way in order for it to be a true Dutch style. Um, but since we were also adding stone... And kind of combining the two concepts, we called it just so, Iwagumi Dutch. So style. the Iwagumi is going to be from like very meaningful placement of rock. Mm-hmm. And then the Dutch is just going to be like over the top plants and kind of following that, right. those rules. That's what it looks like. Okay. <laughs> and this is what I mean when I say Iwagumi is like harder than it looks is because I have all these beautiful rocks and it should just scape itself. But mm-hmm. it was still hard to position the rocks in a way that was aesthetically pleasing and balanced. Um, and then I could kind of grouped the plants together. So I had planted like all the Altaranthera in one place. So it would just be this like beautiful mm. red, you know, it would draw your eye into this beautiful red section. And then for starters, you yeah. need to charge your phone. Okay. Yeah. It's 1230. I, how are you at 15% battery life? Well, Jimmy tells me not to charge my phone overnight. Cause <laughs> <laughs> if, <laughs> if it sits at a hundred percent for too long, it can like damage your battery or something. So, but you're going to use it throughout the day though. I know. Jimmy, what are you Something doing? I've been struggling with. <laughs> I mean, you should be at 15% at like 9 p.m. at night. I agree. It's I agree. 1238. Yeah. And I already have Barely to afternoon and you're at 15%. And it charged red. while I was driving here too. It was like lower than that before I left the house. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Don't oh, roast me. Oh goodness. Yeah. Okay. So, no, I like yeah. it though. This is cool. 
I pretty much, and like if Bob is setting up his new fish room, if he wants to have a tankscape, like I just enjoy going mm-hmm. out and scaping people's tanks for. Okay, well I'm I'm jumping to the front of that line. Yeah, All if right, you want me to scape a tank, okay, I we need totally to, will. Cause yeah, we need to we need yeah. to talk offline about scaping this tank, and then uh, it's been a lot of fun. I feel like that's got to be a video right there, at least for yeah. the more aquarium co-op channel. Exactly. Which oh, is, and Irene and I did a video talking about plants and. Yes, I need to watch the full too. thing. I watched yeah. uh, the beginning. I think that's a very cool concept. Yeah. I think that's super awesome. Thank you. So I just want to get more involved in aquascaping like quite literally <laughs> so yeah. get your hands wet exactly there we go um yeah so let's talk let's talk more on uh when we can get this break room tank maybe re-aquascaped and just sure. keep it keep it super simple low tech um anti no duckweed no duckweed thank we'll you have to sterilize robert the i'm thing. gonna have a sign on our building that has <laughs> robert's face with a red line through it and say that he's banned from coming in here because for bringing duckweed he in. brought duckweed in yeah no duckweed no no duckweed allowed no duckweed allowed no you should have a sign that says duckweed with a ban on it <laughs> impossible impossible well yeah. lizzie block this has been a fun hour and almost 20 minute conversation oh, that has flown by <laughs> I've uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed having you on the podcast and well, just uh, yeah this has been an absolute blast and uh, yeah I hope everybody else out there enjoyed it and maybe yeah. another couple months we'll have you back on maybe uh, another uh, definitely after you do another aquascaping competition yeah so like let's definitely like make sure that uh, hopefully I I don't know like I'm not telling you to do something but you know <laughs> when things open back up aquascaping competitions yes. are happening um, yeah. you know really kind of understanding what that process is mm-hmm. uh, and maybe having like a recap episode after you do another competition for sure and then like what that journey was to build that tank and it'll be you know way more fresh in your mind than me mm-hmm. coming in 2021 saying hey Lizzie I know Think back to 2019. Exactly. Like, I don't even know what I was doing last week. So I miss it though. I want stuff to open up so that I can do more things like this. But for sure, we'll see. I'm with you. Want I'm events. with you, Lizzie. Well, <laughs> soon. Th- thanks again, Lizzie. Thank you, Randy.